The Colts pierced the Jaguars' heart on Sunday, but they're not yet out of the woods. Dad jokes like that and more on today's episode of Locked On Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. This is Jake Arthur. Very happy to be back with you guys after being out last week. Uh, Zach obviously held it down. My guy, Zach Hicks, over here. Uh, you know the two of us from horseshoehuddle.com. Today, it's time to yak about this huge Colts win that they had over the Jaguars. Uh, they moved to three, two, and one on the season, and they get their first win in the AFC South finally. Uh, after coming out on top 34 to 27 here at home at Lucas Oil Stadium. So, Zach, you and I were just kind of mentioning this before we went on. Uh, not the Colts' first win of the season, but it's the first one you feel really good about. It's the first one that they truly earned. You you feel like it was a, a team effort that you don't feel scared about next week. <laughs> this, this was their first really convincing win. Right. And it's because, you know, those first five weeks, this offense had been limping in every single mm-hmm. game. Now they had two wins because the offense came together for one final drive in the fourth quarter after the Colts defense kind of kept them in it the entire time. Uh, but this was the first one where, yes, the defense did struggle. The Colts defense did not have a good day, but the offense finally looked like an NFL offense. I mean, going into this game, they were averaging 13 points a game. Uh, I think that's the worst in all of football going into this one. And they come out today and they and they put up 34 and that's without you know they didn't have any like short fields from the Colts defense getting turnovers or or you know stuff like that. This offense just came to play. They kept driving the field, and Matt Ryan and, and the Colts passing game really came alive for the first time this season. So uh, just hats off to this Colts team. And and honestly, again, this yeah, this is the first time coming out of a victory where I'm like, you know what? this is a team that could make the playoffs or maybe could win mm-hmm. the division. I'm not going to go that far yet. Cause I do still think we have a lot of, a lot of flaws with this team right now, but yeah. this is definitely the best I have felt since, you know, the day before the week one game against uh, the Texans. Yeah. I've already been told since, since after the game, not to mention the playoffs. And it's like, you know, what other teams do, especially in your division, means just as much as what you do. So the playoffs are still very much in play. They just, they just have to see what the AFC South does. Um, but honestly, I think you and I would agree the the biggest thing that makes us feel good, and it's what the Colts have been working on the last few weeks, new offensive line yet again. Yes. We, see, we see what it looks like now. Matt Ryan in the passing game, there is an okay running game like – the offensive line, they keep tinkering with it. I give them credit. Um, as, as much as Matt Ryan has been victimized by this line, I feel like we've all been victimized watching it. 
Um, but man, they they kept Ryan clean. They had a, like a season high in dropbacks. It was like 58 dropbacks, no sacks for the first time this season, no turnovers, even more importantly. Um, and I thought it was a glimpse of what the Colts offense can look like. Like Matt Ryan had a really good game. It wasn't gaudy, but it was a veteran quarterback taking advantage of matchups and taking what the, the defense would give him. With that many attempts, uh, 72% completions. That is really good. That's a great game. Uh, the Colts had their most points of the season, 34, second most yards, 434, and second most first downs. They were three or four in the red zone, which has been an enormous issue for them. And like I mentioned, first game with no sacks or turnovers. They limited those self-inflicted wounds, and look, they, they had their, their most complete victory of the day. Uh, you mentioned the defense. It, it was not going to be a good matchup coming in, and that's exactly how it turned out. 243 rushing yards surrendered. And it's not like it was play after play after play, like a Jonathan Taylor type of assault, but they had just, I felt like it was numerous chunk plays, like like once a drive, once per drive, it seemed like they had at least a big chunk play. And that, uh, that led to a pretty gross output. Yes. Yeah. The Colts defense uh, for the first time this year, they were really victimized by big chunk plays and then also by a lot of penalties. Now, some of them were a little soft and ticky-tack, uh, but we're not here to blame the refs for issues with the Colts. You know, I do think that despite some of these penalties, the Colts defense could have played a lot better. Uh, and you can't blame the penalties for the big chunk plays. The big chunk plays were going to happen regardless with how mm-hmm. this defense played. So, yes, there is, you know, this is a win. It's great. The defense, I think, needs to clean it up going forward. But, yeah, that, that was a bit concerning. But, honestly, again, the – we're, we're going to be happy and optimistic on this episode. This yeah. was a great, great win with so many guys that stepped up and played well. And again, this is the best I've felt about the Colts in a, long, in a long time. So I don't want to really go too much on the defense right now, especially in these main storylines, because the Colts actually have some life. They have some mm-hmm. life. Like this is this was just such a such a good game to see from this Colts team, you know, for, for all the criticism that's been thrown at, at Frank Wright, rightful criticism. Like I mm-hmm. have not pushed back on much of it. A lot of it with the play calling and play designs, uh, a lot of criticism going towards Matt Ryan, this offensive line, that's the highest paid in football. They came out and they all played well. They all had great games. You know, Frank Wright had a really good game plan to where he did not feel comfortable running the ball against this Jaguars defense. That's like top 10 in almost every run game statistic with that offensive line they were throwing out there. So what did he do? He drew up a game plan to where the passing game was the run game. The Colts were passing the ball like it was the running game. They were taking a lot of short passes. They were getting the ball out quick, and they were making it so instead of, you know, the Colts like to stay ahead of the sticks. They like to have four, five, six, you know, yard runs, you know, first or second down. Instead, they were doing that with the pass game. It was three, four, five, six yard uh, passes on first and second down to get you into that third and manageable. And we saw today the Colts were 10 of 15 on third down, and, and it seemed like a lot of players were stepping up in that in that category. So I don't know if you can kind of repeat this every week. Obviously you don't want him throwing uh, Matt Ryan, throwing 58 passes every game, but it was a great game plan. And this is what we, this is, this is the Frank Reich that we've been happy with the last couple of years, the Matt Ryan that we expected. This is the offensive line to where, you know, they weren't perfect. They weren't even good. Really. They were just kind of below average, but that was enough. That was all we needed. <laughs> like that was all we needed today. So uh, yes, the defense, I do think when we get to the defensive segment, we'll go a little deeper in that, but Man, this Colts offense for the first time. I mean, again, this is the first time they scored over 20 points this year. Like, <laughs> they look like a real NFL offense 
And that was with missing your all pro, you know, all world running back uh, along with your, you know, your second or third highest skill position play, like your third highest paid or whatever skill position player on offense as well. Like they were missing some top guys, uh, some guys that were, you know, before the season, we were saying two of your top three playmakers on offense and they still did what they did today against a pretty good Jags, Jaguars defense. So uh, yeah, the Colts offense, man, after, after we had to sit through that Thursday night game last week, of thinking like, man, I don't think this Colts offense is ever going to get fixed. They finally showed some life. And, and that's why mm. the Colts are sitting at three, two and one now with still having a chance in this division, even though they are so far behind the eight ball after, you know, those three non wins to start the season. Yeah, no kidding. They, they finally just put together a recipe that, that seemed to work one that they actually planned up. Uh, they also went a lot of up-tempo in this one, right. which seems to help. I feel like that's when they've looked most productive throughout the season so far. So hopefully it's something they can incorporate more. And to your point about the passing game, the short passing game being the run game today, uh, you know, Deion Jackson had modest production as a runner, but he had like eight, almost 80 yards receiving. I think he had well over a hundred yards from scrimmage when you factor in receiving as well. So that's, you know, for, for those of you wondering, you know, that, that's what it is. It's like a Naheem Hines type of thing. And, you know, kudos to Deion Jackson for, you know, they didn't have a drop-off in the receiving game from their running back position. So that was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan probably has felt very old after a lot of these games getting hit so much. Not today, but I'll take the slack for him on that one today. Getting old is a real bummer, Zach. I don't care about the number part of aging as much as how difficult it becomes to lose weight and such, especially when things like pizza and burgers and stuff like that exist. Uh, as everyone knows, I was just out in Mexico all last week, and we spent most of the time in the pool, which meant a lot of shirtless Jake. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm not afraid to embrace the dad bod, not, not going to lie, uh, but I don't have to when there are options like Nugenics out there. If you're like me and you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, the Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back that clock re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior that you fellows used to be. Total T contains man-boosting key, key ingredients like testafin, and that's been invalidated in five clinical studies and has shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Uh, while every product professes quality Many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. A lot of mystery type of stuff in there that you don't really want to get involved with yourself. Uh, but again, with Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And their formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. So it's actually legit. Uh, now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text NFL to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text NFL to 231231. Text NFL to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Our next partner has a product that I use almost every day, not every single day, but quite a bit, guys. I started taking AG1 because I want a quick way to get as many vitamins and nutrients in me as I can without having to plan a bunch of different things to eat or drink throughout the day. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality 
vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I didn't even know what half those things were until I started AG1. That's how much this has changed my life, guys. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging, all those things. Both my wife and I started using AG1. Uh, we just toss it in a glass of water or a water bottle, shake it up, and then, as Jake likes to say, down the hatch. Super, super easy. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing, it's it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant pr- product iterations and third-party testing. It's actually cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know what the best insurance, though, is, Jake? <laughs> Having some What's really, that? really good pass catchers. I mean, look, Matt Ryan was awesome today. Uh, I, I love Matt Ryan. He he was navigating the pocket perfectly. He was taking big hits and delivering uh, just excellent excellent balls out there. But Michael Pittman Jr. was phenomenal. Uh, Deion Jackson was making things happen on a lot of quick dump-off passes. Jelani Woods, another big day, mm-hmm. another touchdown. And then Alec Pierce, obviously, at the very end there. Oh, and another one, Kylan Granson, too. Kylan Granson had some great catches today. This, Paris Campbell had his best day in a couple of years. Paris Campbell had a great day. You know, when your quarterback's throwing for nearly 400 yards, obviously everyone's going to have a big day. But, yeah. <laughs> man, this these the Colts pass catchers, like, I, I really cannot say how many. I think maybe outside of Jacksonville week two, which, again, they were missing Pierce and Pittman Jr., there has not really been a game this year where I've come out of the game saying, man, the Colts pass catchers are not good or they're, or they're struggling for this team. I feel really good about these pass catchers. And that is, that's just kind of further shown by, you know, Alec Pierce looks like the guy, you know, wide receiver too. Kylan Granson's taking big steps. Jelani Woods is so interesting. And then Michael Pittman Jr. is awesome regardless. Like he's always going to be that way, but man, Jake, these pass catchers today for this Colts offense, like if Matt Ryan gets the game ball, you know, you got to give a little bit to those pass catchers. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I feel like it was it was so easy to forget about the contributions from like Michael Pittman Jr. with how big of an overall game this was. But he is just I, I think I wrote it in my my post game piece. He is that dude like he is. He, he catches everything. He goes over the middle plays that would look like any other guy would get hurt. He pops right back up like he is just he's such an integral part of this team. And I think as these other guys start to get better around him, that's that's just going to make them more dangerous. I think a big part of his game to me that we haven't even really seen yet this year, we saw a lot last year because he had to do everything. They haven't really taken many downfield shots with him. He's dominating in a couple games this year, and they haven't even they haven't even opened that part of his game yet. So yeah. there's even more to come from him, but huge game yeah. for him. 13 receptions for 134 yards. Um those are both career highs and his 16 targets, career highs. So 
no touchdowns, but nonetheless, a career day for Pittman. Yeah, just to you know, jump in here for a second. Like, I love Michael Pittman Jr. down the field as like a jump ball 50-50 guy. But mm-hmm. where he is at his best, where Michael Pittman Jr. is a wide receiver one for the Colts, is underneath run after catch and intermediate catches. Like yeah. he, everything he did today was the best of what Michael Pittman Jr. can do. That is where he thrives. That is where he wins. And that's why I was so excited about adding someone like Alec Pierce in the draft. Because with Alec Pierce, you get a guy who, yes, he can win on those intermediate digs, those little slant routes and stuff like that. But Alec Pierce is a pure vertical threat. He's a guy who's going to win those 50-50 balls. He's a guy who's Mm going to run past guys down the field. And that opens up the field for Michael Pittman Jr. to thrive in that intermediate underneath. Like, yes, I agree. I do want to see some more downfield shots. But you are seeing with Pierce and Pittman these last couple weeks where they are just a really, really good combination for the Colts on the outside. Just two Mm -hmm. receivers – that, that fit each other really well. It's very like, you know, obviously Michael Pittman Jr. is not as explosive and, and Alec Pierce is not this guy's level, but it's very T. Higgins and Jamar Chase-like, you know, where you yeah. have those two kind of combating styles there, but they just they just work so well together when the quarterback has time to throw, which we saw today. The Colts were able to have a lot of success uh, throwing to those two guys. But, yeah, these Colts pass catchers were really good today. And then the other thing that we got to talk about, again, this Colts offensive line – not great, but perfectly fine today. Perfectly yeah. fine. We like Matt Pryor gave up some pressures. Dennis Kelly had a hold or two. Brandon Smith had a couple of holds, but I take that. I take it. <laughs> no fumbles, yeah. no sacks, uh, not not many things that kill drives from this offensive line. Like this is what if the Colts had this offensive line play from day one, they're probably sitting at five and one right now. Honestly, yeah. I mean, think of how many things were a domino effect because of the line play. Uh, but for any of you that didn't see it, the Colts went into the game with Bernard Ryman as the starting left tackle, Nelson and Kelly obviously on the inside. Uh, it was Matt Pryor at right guard with Braden Smith kicked back out at right tackle after his short-lived stint at guard. Um, but after two drives and basically after the first quarter, they pulled Ryman for Dennis Kelly at left tackle, who looked pretty good. Uh, they said that was by design. I don't know. I, I, probably because I know they love to tinker with that stuff, which you guys know that drives me nuts, rotating offensive linemen. But um, no, I, I mean, I, I thought it went well today, obviously. Is this their new starting five? Because if so, it, I mean, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, like I wouldn't mind getting Ryman out there every now and then or something and then maybe seeing what you can do at right guard. Like I think Matt Pryor left a lot to be desired today. But yeah. it was better than him at right tackle, so we can't complain too much. Uh, but I do think, as of right now, like this five, if they can just repeat what they did this week, where you know Matt Ryan's still getting hit a decent amount, he's still getting pressured a little bit, but he at least has time to get the ball out, uh, especially on third downs. I'm perfectly fine with this. So we'll see a big a big test coming up with this Tennessee Titans defense next week, where Jeffrey Simmons, Zanico Autry, uh, Bud Dupree, if he's healthy, oh. I know I know he's very uh, hit or miss, but. If these guys can repeat this performance next week against a team where the Colts are ready through for over 300 yards against, uh, then we can start looking at it being like, okay, look, this offensive line is not as big an issue anymore. But as of right now, it's just one great week, but I am happy taking this one great week because it's the first that we've had this entire season. Yeah, I, I don't think a good performance next week would cure all woes, but I think it would be re- I think it would be a really big feather in the cap because just like Jacksonville embarrassed the Colts and gave them one of their worst losses in recent memory, Tennessee's front killed the Colts front 
just a couple weeks ago as well. So if they can fix that after just having recently gotten their tails kicked by him, I think that'll that'll be huge. Right, right. And then last, yeah. last thing I want to say about the offense, though, mm-hmm. is again, just hats off to Frank Reich for this game yeah. plan. Very, very smart game plan to use the passing game like the running game and get those short gains and stay ahead of the sticks by throwing the ball rather than just running into a brick wall every time. Now, there were a couple yeah. times today where he started to get into that a little bit, where he was running into the brick wall and kind of setting the back a little bit. But he got back to that game plan. The game plan was really strong. And this is this is when I, you know, I always talk about Frank Reich where Maybe as an in-game coach, he's not as great a coach, but he's one heck of an advanced scout. The advanced scouting report to say, hey, we should just throw the ball to run the ball in this one was phenomenal. So for Frank Reich, you know, a lot of criticism this year, well-deserved criticism, but this was a really good game that he called. Yeah, no doubt. And that obviously bred big performances for a couple of these guys. I hope you were all feeling aggressive when it came to Michael Pittman Jr. and Deion Jackson on prize picks today before the game. Both players were quite generous with their more thans statistically in this one. Uh, Pitt had over, again, 130 yards. Jackson, like 120 yards from scrimmage, 79 of his of his own on uh, on receiving. Man, how I, I hope that paid handsomely for you guys. Uh, placing picks on daily fantasy can get frustrating, I know. Uh, but I love how easy it is on prize picks, especially using their mobile app. I just pick my handful of players and go on my merry way. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Literally, it feels like every sport is available on there. NFL, NBA, and MLB, of course, the big three, but also esports, NASCAR, disc golf, and cricket, like things that aren't high flyers here in, in the U.S., uh, your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Withdrawals are safe and fast, and Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant pot deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Make sure you also check out the NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts. Bet online. Follow NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jake, let's jump into this defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we have been very big proponents this whole year about how good this defense has played. And honestly, I don't think anyone prior to this week could have many bad things to say about this Colts defense. You know, I know the huge talking point all all week was the Colts had not allowed any points in the fourth quarter. Wow, they were this great fourth quarter defense. But they really were playing really well in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, but today it just really felt like it was, again, it was a combination of poor personnel with a certain player playing uh, a lot of snaps. Uh, which, which we'll, we'll get talk, to. Which we'll get to. It was that combination plus giving up the chunk plays plus untimely penalties it kind of just spiraled into a disaster. And what you got was 
you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think, only throwing two incomplete passes again. Again, what is with Jacksonville Jaguars quarterbacks against the Colts just not throwing incompletions? Like, I just want a couple incompletions. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we didn't have any of that. Uh, the running game was insane. It was very Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones, Drew-esque out there. Uh, the Colts couldn't stop anything. I mean, anytime they got to stop under 10 yards on a running play, I thought it was a massive win for this defense. Uh, and, and then every single misdirection or trickery, bootleg or whatever, it was just gashing the Colts for huge gains. So just, you know, a week to forget for the Colts defense. But yeah. hopefully, like Ryan Kelly said after the game, uh, Senator Ryan Kelly, he said that, you know, the Colts, def- the defense had been picking us up the first five weeks. It was our turn to do that for them. So. At the end of the day, the Colts got the win, but uh, very ugly on the Colts defense in this one. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't remember if I already said it, but I think it was like the most rushing yards they'd given up in like 15 years or something at least. Like just not uh, – not, well, not I think it was since that Maurice Jones drew and Fred Taylor game because I know in that game it, Might was, be. Like, it was like 400 yards rushing. It, it was you know, Colts 375. Fans. It, it'll be burned in my memory forever. Okay. I was literally about to say Colts fans, leave it in the comments if you remember the exact number, but – you, you know, you were a Colts fan back then too, Jake. So you definitely, <laughs> you definitely yeah. know. Yeah. So not obviously not the, the best approach on the ground, but something I, I want to commend them for. Obviously we think the defense has played a lot better as of late. They couldn't even touch Trevor Lawrence or like get a strand of that beautiful hair in that, in that week two <laughs> game. Like the, the quick game was working. And not they, they still were trying it today, but they got him for four sacks today. They were able to get to him. They did just enough to, to get this win. So I got to applaud them for the pass rush at least being good. And it wasn't just one guy dominating either. It was four different guys with sacks. Grover got one, DeForest Buckner, Tyquan Lewis, and Ifyadi Odenigbo. And we again, we got to see that sweet, sweet sword fighting celebration at the end of Odenigbo. <laughs> so big fan of that. Um, no, I mean, they, they did what they needed to defensively to get the win, even if they were absolutely just hemorrhaging in other areas. Yeah. Like, you know, they gave up the, the, the touchdown drive at the end of the game or in the fourth quarter, they basically took the whole fourth quarter, but Mm -hmm. honestly, that was one of their better defensive drives in the game. Because I mean, Jacksonville, they had to get bailed out by a lot of penalties. And again, a couple of them were very, very ticky tack on that drive. I mean, the holding on to Forrest Buckner was absolutely absurd. I have no clue how you make that call. Uh, DeForest Buckner, get, you know, holding an offensive lineman as he's getting pancaked by, by a double team. I think that's just, that's, that's a crazy call. So <laughs> I, you know, watching this game live again, and if I go back on the film, I'm sure I'll come away with even a little, like a little bit more angry, but watching this game live, I don't think the Colts defense was like atrocious. I don't think that they were like, just the worst that we've seen them, but uh, it's definitely one that you want to bounce back from. And and next week, you know, this run defense, I think is the biggest thing that needs to bounce back because next week it's Derrick Henry coming to town. And and yes, if you're giving up 250 <laughs> yards to Travis Etienne and Jamal Agnew and, uh, and uh, Jamichael hasty, I mean, imagine what you're going to do with Derrick Henry. So uh, they definitely need to clean that up. But again, this Colts defense has been phenomenal all season. I, I'm expecting them to bounce back. Uh, at least a little bit next week. And and again, if this Colts offense can continue this play, I feel pretty confident going into any matchup. That's real. I mean, it's, it's an offensive league. And when you're putting up 13 points a game, you had no chance of winning, but this week, you know, no turnovers, no sacks, offense, putting up 34 points, you know, you can survive with 
you know, a poor defensive outing when your offense actually shows up. So, uh, yeah, you want to see Gus Bradley in the defense uh, step back up a little bit next week. But, uh, again, the offense saved the day, and it's the first time all year we can say that. Yeah, no kidding. Now, obviously, the run game linebackers are a huge part of that. I'll, I'll just touch on it briefly. I thought uh, Bobby O'Carricane, Zaire Franklin, even EJ Speed had some nice moments. I'll have to rewatch and see how much they contributed to the run game woes. I'm sure it was a, a healthy hand in it. But, man, those guys, their ability to track the ball behind the line of scrimmage and sniff out some of those plays, that that was that was on full display today. Yeah, yeah. The, the one thing I, would, I do want to say about this, and we touched on that a little bit in the first segment, uh, the Jaguars' offense is a horrible matchup for this Colts defense. You know, mm-hmm. This Colts defense is fast, it's aggressive, it gets after you. And the Jaguars' offense is very quick pass like oriented. It's very misdirection. They use their speed against your speed, and they and they bank on you being over aggressive. So, it, like I was saying all week on the podcast, that uh, this Jaguars' offense was just a terrible matchup for the Colts' defense. Now, I expected the defense to play a little bit better than this, but I did expect the Jaguars to put up some points, which they did. But again, the Colts' offense came to play, and, and they were able to get it done. So, uh, I, I don't think Tennessee's as bad a matchup. Uh, for this Colts defense. And, and I don't think, you know, Washington the week after is as bad a matchup, but I, I think this was just a, a situation where, you know, a, a kind of shorthanded Colts uh, defense still starting the wrong outside corner uh, had some bad penalties and bad breaks go against them. Uh, and, and it kind of led to a bad game, but again, I can't complain too much. You know, we want to be happy here because the Colts offense came to play. Like we are happy. So yeah. <laughs> don't kill us in the comments for hyping on like the negatives. We're not a negative podcast. We are pumped when they win. And we are very pumped about this win more so than any of the other wins this season. Yeah. So let me grab the wheel real quick and careen us into a light pole because we are going to get <laughs> negative real quick. So what we're talking about, and I, I wrote a, I wrote a small part about this in my, uh, in my post game piece so Brandon Faison is just not it against the run. Like he he took a terrible approach to Travis Etienne on that 48-yard run. He was the last guy there. He could have killed that right there, and it would have been a 12-yard run. I don't know. Uh, is and it's not just that. Like it's become a pattern. Yep. He had that that whiff against Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago, where it was a terrible attempt, even at an ankle tackle. And Henry goes for the 19-yard touchdown. He had another run. I think it was James Robinson's big run today um, where it was right up the middle. And Faison had every opportunity for like a distance of seven, eight yards to try and do something. And he never engaged at all. Like you can't be that timid against the run. Like this, this would have never been Matt Eberflus's choice. It's like an no. outside cornerback. Um and the, the much smaller Isaiah Rogers seems to relish things like that. Isaiah Rogers went toe to toe with Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago. Like the choice is very clear. Rogers is one of your biggest playmakers on your entire team, most most explosive players. He's got to be the, the the third corner. It has to be him. Yeah, yeah. I'll touch on this real quick because we'll we'll cover it a lot more throughout the week. And and again, yes. right now is the time for celebration more than anything else. But <laughs> but when you're the bigger corner, the bigger, more physical corner you have to excel in the run game or you have to excel against bigger matchups. If you're struggling there, I have no clue why you would be benching or not playing the younger, more athletic playmaker. If the bigger guy is not stepping up in the run game. So the younger, small, like this younger, smaller athletic playmaker 
is also better in the run game. There's no reason not to have him out there. So I completely mm-hmm. agree. Uh, we talked about a little bit the offseason, a little bit throughout this year. But again, celebration, guys. Celebration. <laughs> Jake, get us off this light post. We are celebrating here. The Colts won against Jacksonville, and the offense showed up. We are happy here on Locked Dog Colts, baby. That's it. Time for Jesus to take the wheel. That's <laughs> it for us, everyone. Uh, check back later this week. We're going to have way more in-depth topics. We're going to tackle some of these things at a, at a closer level and just kind of dig in and tell you why things went down the way that they did today. Should be a really fun week, guys. Again, when offense yeah. is good, football is fun. That, that That's my whole quote. We'll put it on a t-shirt there. Follow at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter at Zach Hicks too. And at Locked On Colts on Twitter. Again, I have to, I have to do a whole bet again this week. I have to get a, a t-shirt now with all the Colts <laughs> offensive linemen that started or that played in this game on it. So I don't know if I'm going to do like, like pictures of them or just do their names. So it's like really just gumpy looking, but I don't know. You guys follow me on Twitter at Zach Hicks too, or that Locked On Colts on Twitter there as well. To, to see all that and also subscribe to our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast. And thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Culture first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. <laughs>